All right, this is Making Movies is Hard, where we talk about the everyday struggles of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Alric Brussel, and with me is Timothy Plain. Hello, everyone. This week, uh, we're going to talk about the emotional roller coaster of making independent short films. Yeah. We can't talk about features yet, but I'm sure that the roller coaster applies there. But I think in general, oh, man, I have my ups and downs. How about you? Yeah, in a big way. Uh, super duper up and ups and downs. Um, do you want to talk about <laughs> what's going on with you right now and maybe what that relates to this emotional roller coaster experience? Yeah, I think this episode is probably a, a pretty good one for me. I got a little depressed this week. Um, a few things are happening. First of all, I'm putting myself out there. That's always hard. Uh, I I sent out my reel to a few people. I put together a lookbook for a feature film that I'm interested in and sent those things out. And then I also saw some short films that made me feel completely worthless. They're just so good. Um, I think his, I think you pronounce his name Levy, Colin Levy. He has this film called En Route that I just saw. And then Emily Diana Ruth has a short called Cold that I just saw. And I'm just not feeling like great about myself right now. I'm not feeling confident. So to so talk about that experience, talk about the experience of watching those short films and like, why, why does that make it so much harder for you? Or like, why does that bring you down? You know, like what, what about that experience is, is tough? Because any time that I think that I'm doing something good and then I see something that's so much better than what I'm doing, it just makes me feel like I have so much more to learn or that I'm not talented enough. Right, but does it make you want to like meet that filmmaker and like talk to them and like hear about how they how they did it and what kind of struggles they had and just hear their their side of the story? Does that emotion ever come up? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to meet with Colin about his movie right now. He's a local dude, so I, I want to meet up with him and just kind of pick his brain. But at the same time, like that's his perspective on telling stories and that's his his instincts are to tell a story the way he did whereas my instincts aren't that and but i i look up to what he did and be like wow that's like that's the future of filmmaking right there i don't know mm. if i'm the future of filmmaking i think that i'm kind of old school in the way i approach things and i think that it's kind of stale and outdated and it makes me just lose confidence in myself Huh, that's interesting. Um, are these movies both online? Can like anyone just watch them right now, or are they? Did you yeah. see them? Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Yeah, cool. they're both online. I think Colin's movie is from college too, which makes me feel even worse. Well, you know, I like so I, it's funny. Like when I when I watch a movie that I really like, like a short film or a, a really low budget independent film, and I just think it's amazing. I don't really, I, I don't really have that, um, that bad feeling like, oh my God, look what these other people are doing. And, and, uh, you know, why can't I be as good as them? Like, I do have a little bit of that, like definitely, like that definitely comes into play. But what I try to think about and what I uh, take away from that is that, you know, these, these guys are making these really amazing movies and it's like, who knows how much money they had, who knows how they did it. But like, you know, it's pot like, look what's possible. Like, look what you can do, like with the medium, like, look what, how great a short film can be. And it's like, okay, well, I want to set my sights to be that good on my next one. So when I see something that I, I really like, or that I'm really like, you know, into, I'm inspired, you know? Um, and then like that, you know, feeds into my fire for my next project, you know, at least that's what I try to take away from, from projects that I, that I yeah, really like. I, I will eventually get there, but right now I have to feel sorry for myself. 
So that that's the, that's the roller coaster part is that right after I see it, I'm like, I beat myself up a lot and I hate myself. I hate everything I'm doing. I consider quitting. And then somewhere along the way in that spiral, I get reinvigorated, re-inspired, and then I go out and do something else. So right now, especially because I'm in between projects and I don't have, I don't know what my next project is going to be, what my next move is going to be. I'm just kind of like sitting around thinking about everything, all my experience, all the films that I've made. I'm not getting like a positive response from, from the people I'm sending my stuff to. So I'm just feeling like at the low part of it. And eventually that'll turn into inspiration and I'll like start building myself up back up in, into the high. But you have to, for me at least, I have to like kind of hit this low valley in order to go back up. And and what is uh, what does the going back up look for you like, is it like, do you see something that really inspires you or do you like come up with an idea that you really like? And is, is that what brings you back up from the, the low point? Or is it just like you wake up in the morning and then you realize that, no, like, whereas my movie's not perfect or the movies I've made aren't perfect. Like they're still, I still love them and I'm still proud of them. And is it more no, no, internal? No. <laughs> no, it's usually I convince myself that whatever I'm working on at that time is going to be the best thing ever. So <laughs> I, I'm, it's a, a delusion that I, I trick myself into believing that the next thing that I do is going to be the most amazing thing that, yeah, maybe I've failed in the past, but this next thing, I figured it all out. I know what I need to do now. And this one is going to be the one that solves all my problems. That's hilarious. So it's not, it's not ever a realization or an acceptance of your work in the past. It's always about something that you're going to do in the future. That's so funny. Yeah, pretty much. You know, what, what happens with me is like, I'll go to a film festival and like my movie will play with 10 or 20 other movies or whatever. And you watch all those other movies and you're like, oh man, why doesn't my movie look that good? Like, why doesn't my movie look like this? Like, why doesn't my movie feel like a real movie? And then your movie comes up and then it's like, oh wait, actually it's okay. It's not, maybe it's not as good, but it's not bad. It's all right. Yeah, no. And then, you know. I totally know what you're talking about is uh, you can't watch your movie every day. That'll drive you nuts. So oh, yeah. The version of the movie that's in your mind is the last version of the movie you saw. And for me, that's usually a negative experience. Mm. I would say like one out of every 10 times that I see my movie, like after I finished it, I do have that feeling like, oh, this is not as bad as I thought it was in my head. And then I easily talk myself back into the negative thoughts that I have of it <laughs> and, and kind of and dismiss it. But it's, it's usually, for the most part, anything that I've done in the past, I've kind of dismissed as like, well, that didn't work out the way I thought it would. It's a learning experience. I'll do better on the next one. And then right. I, I, I take that emotional path of like, this is the next movie is going to be the best movie I, I'm ever going to make. And then while I'm making it or in the edit room or like when it's done, then I'll be like, well, you know, it's not going to be the best movie ever made, but it's going to be better than anything I've ever made. And then somewhere down the line, then it's like, shit, this is not very good at all. I need to make another <laughs> film. <laughs> that's so, <laughs> so funny. It's like, that's that's kind of like the roller coaster for me. Right. And like, and I think that feeling of, of failure is what gets me to the next project. It's because it's not discouraging to me in the sense of like, well, I should just give up. I I should never do it again. I do feel that way for a little bit, but then eventually it turns into like, no, I can do this. I can do better. Like 
sometimes it comes from being on a commercial set and seeing a, a director that I admire work and I see what they're doing and I'm like, wait a second, I can do that. Yeah. I think, I think what happens with me sometimes is, is like, I'll, I'll make a movie or I've had the movies that I've made. And I think I know how to tell a story. I know how to make this movie. I I know how to do this and that or whatever. And then you go work with other people and then you see people who work, do it all the time. You know, it humbles me. It's like, Oh wait, like I thought that I knew what I was doing. It's like, I have hardly have any of the experience that these other people do. I don't know. Um, the proper way to do this, the proper way to do that. I'm just learning, you know, and that just, it really, it's like a humbling experience, you know? And then like, it makes me feel like, oh yeah, I just made this little short and these guys have worked on features or made features or whatever. But then, <laughs> you know, so then you're like, yeah. oh crap, what am I doing? And then, you know, then you come around and like somebody, you get a comment on the movie that you, a movie you made or someone says, oh, I really like this, that movie or whatever. And then it, then it brings it back up again. Then you're like, oh Oh, thanks. I mean, I didn't even know that anyone cared about it. I'm glad that you liked it. <laughs> so so yeah. it's, a, it's funny how it works out. Isn't it such an isolating experience? Like you would think that like making something, whether you're making music or you're, you're making movies or you're writing something, you would kind of know when people liked it or appreciated it, but you kind of don't know. Like I'm sure there's people that like my movies, but they don't tell me constantly. I have to believe that it's kind of like that for filmmakers that are making huge movies too. Like, yeah, maybe they, they know what their box office receipts are, what the critics think, but they probably don't really know what like individuals feel about their movies. Well, I think Twitter is changing that though. Cause like, I think even as a director or a filmmaker, I think people give feedback all the time to Twitter, you know, especially to movie stars. So like, if you were, I'm sure, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you could just like look and be like, Oh, this person was in my movie. And then like, you know, when it comes out, you just see the comments people are leaving, you know, yeah, and I guess we're not in that position. <laughs> I've, I've definitely, you know, you've had your movie though up on online and you've, I'm sure you've gotten comments on your movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I get the mix, the good and the bad, you know, and, uh, yeah. And how do you take it? How do you, how do you, how do you parse those different types of comments? Cause yeah, you'll get a nice comment and you also get a shitty comment. So how do you know what people really feel about your movie? All you can really do is say, yeah, some people like it and some people don't like it. Right. But you don't I know mean, what the majority thinks. You don't really know really what the individual experience is. Like you're, you spend all this time making a movie for someone else to experience, but you're never going to fully understand what their experience of it is. Part of the reason I know I get depressed about my movies is because my experience is seen through the lens of making the movie. So I see all the mistakes in it. Right. I know all the things I tried to achieve, but didn't achieve. Whereas an audience member is going to see my movie and they're going to experience it for what it is. I heard somewhere that, um, and it might've been Sidney Lumet or Lumet that said this, that part of your style is also defined by what you're not good at as much as it is defined by what you are good at. And people don't really know the difference between that when they're watching your piece as a whole. I know what those things, what my limitations are when I see it. So that's my lens, but an audience member is not going to see it that way. So right. th that's why I feel like it's isolating because I don't really know what the experience is like for another person. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to get on to more of the, um, like the whole, uh, what the, the emotional ups and downs of like, while you're actually making it, not necessarily, you know, what we think about them afterwards. Cause that's, that's very valid. But, um, <laughs> one last point on that is, uh, you know, I just basically, you can't, you're like, you're saying it's true. Like you can't just take one 
person's uh, feedback and like think that's what the movie is. But it's like you, I try to take in all the information I get. So like every comment, good or bad, and then like the amount of film festivals I got into, the amount of film festivals I didn't get into, the amount of uh, views I got, the amount of people who wrote about it, like all those things. I take all the information in and then I got to form like basically what my general opinion of the project is. But like, let's let's talk about like when you're actually like, let's say writing a movie or like in pre-production for a movie. Like, what's that experience like for you with the emotional up and ups and downs? Because I know for me, it's 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 quite the roller coaster at that stage as well. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like a lot of doubt that comes with putting a movie together, and there's like days when you're like, oh my god, this is gonna be awesome, and then other days where you're like, what am I doing? This is gonna be terrible. And then it gets really scary when you're when you've decided that you're done with the screenplay and you're going to share it with people because that's when the the judgment and criticism comes and that's the part that I don't like about it. It's like it's it's exciting to think about what how people are going to respond to the stuff that you're working on but whether it's the screenplay or the finished film when I release it out into the world, it's like the, the scariest thing because I don't know how people are going to respond. Right. Not and it's not even like I love I love harsh criticism for the sake of like making the work better, but I just don't want people to be like, you suck. This film sucks. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> right. Like, I don't want that kind of thing. Right. I mean, I when I release a movie, like a script specifically, like I really am looking for that, the, the, the notes that'll make it better. Cause it's like, I think usually when I'm done writing a movie, like I usually kind of feel like it's pretty good. I'm like really excited about it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. I can't wait to make this. Like, let's go make this. And then I, I've learned now that when I'm done with a draft, like that's just, if, whether it's the first draft, the second draft, the third draft, like that's just the beginning. Like now I have to send it out to people and take in all the comments I get. And then I have to like decide whether or not those comments are going to help make the movie better or if I'm right and everyone else is wrong, you know? Um, and uh, generally like when, you know, I get feedback back, like there's usually some consistency to the notes and so, like, I usually like, go to where the consistency is. And if it's, like, I'm get consistently getting some of the same things from people, then that, those are the areas that I try to focus on, you know? Yep. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm usually, like, less nervous about people. I guess when I first wrote my first, like, screenplay, my first real movie, I was actually really nervous. Like, I just wanted people to tell me that it was actually a real script and not just a piece of crap. And... Uh, <laughs> And like the feedback I got was like, you know, it wasn't all positive, but I mean, it, it basically, I got enough feedback saying like, oh, this is actually a movie I'd want to maybe see, or this actually feels like a movie. And I was like, oh, whew, like I'm a, I am a writer. Okay. I'm not just faking <laughs> oh, it. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. My, my favorite you know? part of making a movie is the kind of pre-production phase when you're piecing together everything and you can kind of start shaping what the film's going to look like. Because when it's on paper and it's in your head, it's one thing and it's never going to be that because you, especially at our level where you have a lot of limitations with what you have access to or budget. I like the process of putting a team together or putting the pieces together, like casting and locations and makeup, whatever it is, because um, it helps me envision what the movie's, movie's going to become. And each person that I put into a role helps define the movie a little bit more. Yeah, you know, I guess my biggest frustration with the pre-production period is that, you know, it can be really emotional because you're trying to get so many things done and usually like a kind of a short amount of time, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And like you get really excited about casting, you really get excited about getting the crew together. But then like, you know, at the level that I'm at right now, like you don't really have a lot of time to prepare necessarily with the team, you know, because people are willing to give you a certain amount of time. But, you know, even if you're paying them, like you have to pay them for their prep days and stuff, too. And it's like I just want to prep as much as possible, especially after we're working with you and seeing all the prep that you do and how detailed you are. Uh, like I want to be that detailed, you know, and I want to be that focused and I want to have all the things consider, you know, all lined up together. And it's just like, I always feel like there's never enough time to do everything that I want to do. Yeah. And you're constantly making compromises too. like whether the compromises, you can't get the person you want or you can't like, you have to give up something because you don't have enough money for it. That that's also a frustrating part of it is that, and, and this is going to happen no matter how big your budget is. There's always going to be something you have to settle on. It's never going to be perfect. Yeah. And it can be really emotional during that period, too, because it's like you have the script that you've decided to make and you've worked on it a bunch and you have a bunch of different drafts. And then once you start like showing it to actors and getting their feedback, like they will start to come to you with their ideas and changes. And then everyone else has their <laughs> thoughts. And, you know, the movie starts to grow and change. And I think it's really important that that happens. But managing that that change can be really challenging sometimes because you want to keep protect the kernels of, of story and like the really good essence of the movie that you created it originally. Yeah. But you also want to find like the the really magical pieces that can only come from like a unique collaboration. So it's like managing that part of it can be really emotional. Yeah, I I free myself up from a lot of the stress that comes with all the decisions that that need to be made and prepping it just by knowing what the story is that I want to tell and just always making sure that story becomes the most important thing. Like you can definitely get lost in the nitty gritty of trying to make every single element of your production perfect. But if you just take a step back and be like, all right, how important is the location really to telling my story? And if it's not that important, then just let it go. Just pick a location that works. But if acting is like the most important, like the performance is the most important part of yours of telling that story, then you better make sure that you get the best performance and whatever it takes, you better get that, whether it's casting or rehearsals. So I think you just have to pick and choose your battles. And I find that having that clarity of time before you're starting to shoot is the time to make those decisions. And the same thing with the edit room, like after you're done shooting, you have clarity because you're not like in a rush to get things done. Probably the most devastating, uh, things that ever happened to me like during a project are usually happen while I'm shooting. So mm. on Spirit Machine, for instance, we had, I think we had like 30 pages of screenplay to shoot oh, and wow. we were coming up on our last day of shooting and we weren't going to have enough time to shoot everything. And I had to make decisions like in the middle of our shoot about which scenes to cut. And it was so heartbreaking because I had walked into that shoot thinking about the story and how I wanted to tell it and to like be sitting there having to make a decision about cutting something. I was like, I can't cut anything. This is all super important, but I had to make that decision on the fly. And I wish that I would have been able to make that de decision uh, early on before we started shooting when I had the clarity of mind to do it. Yeah. I had a similar problem with strange thing. Like I, it was the third day um, we had um, maybe I had five shots. I could only get one and then I had to cut a scene no matter what. So I, I basically had to choose five of out of five shots. And I chose the one that I first thought of that I, I thought was the best looking. And in the end, it was the worst 
shoot shot to pick because <laughs> it was the one that that told the least amount of story and the other shots one of the other shots there was basically one out of the five that was the right one to pick and i didn't pick that one and oh, man, it was like a it was like a shot that yeah, it was like a shot that mirrored another shot later in the story that if I would have had that, it would have clearly shown the story without dialogue. And um, yeah, I just made the wrong choice and I made it really quick. I had to make it really quick. And I I thought quickly and I was like, okay, this is the one because of this reason. I love that shot and I still love the shot. It's beautiful, but it's just like it doesn't do what it needed to do for the story. And it was like, that was a big learning um, experience for me. It's like, Pick the thing that tells the story. Don't pick the thing that you're most passionate about necessarily. Right. You so know? you you followed your gut with like what you what your first idea of that shot was, rather than yeah. like taking a step back and thinking about how is this going to best tell the story. Exactly. Yeah. And that was yeah. a big that was a, a big thing I learned. It's like you know, no matter how much you like something or how how important it is to you, like it's like the first shot that you thought of when you're like after you wrote the script, you're you're trying to think about how to tell a story. But is that actually telling the story? It's like, that's what a question I always try to ask myself now is like, if I have to cut something, like, am I still telling the story? You know, that's always the first question. Yeah. And it's, it, it gets easier to make those decisions to kill your babies as it goes on. Like I remember having a really hard time letting go of ideas that were just kind of like ingrained in my head. But as I got more and more experience, it was so much easier just to like, be like, no, we don't need it. I like it a lot, but it's not needed. And if it's not needed, and you can tell yourself it's not needed. It's so much easier to cut. But if you just get stuck in that, like, oh, but I love this. This is like, this is the essence of what the movie's about. Then it's going to be so hard for you to emotionally detach yourself from it. And and speaking of like uh, experiences on a shoot and how emotionally involved I've been, I've had swings from one end to the other where I was so unhappy shooting. I thought everything I was doing was like the worst and I've had shoots where I loved everything I was doing. Like I love coming to set every day. It was like the best experience of my life. And in some ways, the days that I felt the worst, I, the thing, I think that those scenes turned out the best. And the days that I felt really good about what I was doing, those scenes turned out the worst. And I don't know what it oh, is about that. Funny. But so I, I learned that you can't really trust your emotional uh, state of mind while you're shooting, that you do have to be a little bit cold and removed. And it, I, I would just define that as being professional, like because you need to be able to make decisions, rational decisions, like you were just talking about there, about story and not be tied emotionally to something that you just feel like you need. Yeah, that's interesting. It's funny, um, you know, I think when I... When I've made my two two short films, like like I think both times I wasn't necessarily happy nor depressed going to set either of the times. I think I was just caught up in some crazy like hysteria sort of, you know, like just <laughs> like, you know, you, you don't sleep very much. At least I don't sleep very much. I probably sleep like four hours maybe um, when I'm shooting just because I, I just can't, you know, I'm just too excited. And then I wake up and I'm like, I'm like nervous. I'm excited. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm scared. Like I'm all these emotions at the same time yep, when I'm shooting. I have those too. Mm -hmm. So I wanted. So I wanted to get, move on to another topic within this topic. So so far we've talked about um, the emotions after we made a movie, the emotional roller coaster, like kind of while making a movie or like in pre-production. But I also wanted to ask you, like, how do you deal with just like the day-to-day -day emotional roller coaster of like just being a filmmaker? You know, waking up in the morning and like just dealing with 
with like the everyday life. <laughs> some days it's great. Some days it's terrible. It's definitely not easy. Uh, one of my coworkers told me that like the good thing about our profession is that we feel really, really, really high, but that also comes with feeling really, really low. And so there are some days that I just like, I, I really hate the space that I'm in and hate what I'm doing. Um, and I just, you just have to work through it. Like it's definitely easy when thing, when you're enthused and you're excited to wake up every day, but when you're not and you're, you don't have inspiration, then you just got to treat it like it's a job. And I have like a pretty strict routine that I follow where I wake up early before I go to work and I work an hour, uh, at least an hour on something, whether it's putting a reel together or writing a screenplay or giving creative direction on a movie that I'm working on. And then if I have a lot of work to do, then I'll spend some time after work also working on it. But at least an hour every day is just dedicated to just like put my head towards the film rather than waiting for that inspiration to strike. Because if I waited for inspiration to strike, I would probably hardly ever work because there's just so many days where I just don't feel like doing anything and it just gets too hard and it's it's too discouraging. Yeah, I, I, I need to build up a routine like that. I think right now I'm just... I'm kind of all over the place. Like some days I'll spend hours and hours and hours on the filmmaking. And then some days I'll spend, you know, not so much or none, you know? And so, yeah, I, I think that one hour a day would be really good if I got myself into that. And I just, I have a hard time getting into a set routine because my, my schedule changes so much. It's just pretty crazy. I mean, that's probably the good thing about my job. Like, even though my job, the schedule is kind of like, all over the place in terms of how many hours I have to work every day. I do have like a place to be by usually 10 o'clock every day. So I know that if I wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and I write from eight to nine, then I'll be able to get to where I need to be in time to like address my job without my stuff getting in the way. It's interesting, like thinking about the day to day of a filmmaker and the emotions that I experience because like you're saying, it's like really low or really high, but it just changes based on almost nothing sometimes. Like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just wake up and it's like, I just feel terrible. Like I just feel terrible. And then I'm a terrible filmmaker and I'm wasting my life. I should just get a real job or focus on something <laughs> yeah. that I'm good at and just give this up and, and like leave the filmmaking to the real filmmakers and, you know, just stop doing what I'm doing. And then other days I wake up and I'm like, yeah, I'm the little guy, but I'm I'm doing it. I love it. And like, I got all these ideas and all I need is my chance. Just give me my chance. Just put me in coach, put me in the meeting room. Like I'll just wow the shit out of yeah. these people. Like, you know, give me a chance to talk to this executive or that producer or whatever. And like, yeah, well, I've one, one thing that I've gotten really good at is faking that feeling you're talking about that, that put me in coach feeling because since you don't feel it every day, you do have to kind of make other people f believe that you feel it all the time. And part of this comes from the Kickstarter campaign that I did is that when I put updates for Kickstarter, I can never be honest about how I feel about what I'm working on at the time. There's some days when I like, I hate the spirit machine. I hate what I'm doing. I hate the every shot that's come in. I hate every decision we made in the edit or shooting it. But I can't tell the backers that I can't tell the audience. So I have to like make it sound like I'm really excited about it. So 
I think you do have to kind of figure out a way to fake it because if you're going to be in the room with people and like part of your job as a, a filmmaker is to inspire other people, you do have to figure out a way to make it seem like to turn that part of you on. I kind of feel like when you when you fake it, sometimes it does change your mood yeah. too. Like like even now, like if I'm kind of thinking about it, I'm like getting all excited. I'm like, yeah, I can I can make movies. I'm like I'm kind of digging myself out of the right. funk. Yeah, I think it's important to to dig yourself out. And I mean, I think for me, like sometimes, you know, when I'm in those darkest moments, it it just takes me being inspired by something else in order to bring me out. Like whether that's watching a movie that I love or watching a new movie and like whether or not if it's a good or a bad movie, it's like they can inspire me in a positive way equally. Depending on what that the down emotion is caused by, like there's a few things that I do. Like if it's being rejected, which is kind of what's going on now, I just kind of remind myself that rejection is part of this business, and it might take me a thousand no's to find one person to say yes. But I just need to keep going because I need to find that person that'll say yes. Um, when I'm kind of like in a creative funk, then I think just focusing on the next goal really helps. And then, you know, part of the reason this podcast was born is to remind people that like you're not alone and like talking to other filmmakers helps me like reminding myself that I'm not alone in this, that other people feel this way. And then the last thing is just kind of waiting for it to pass. And like you're talking about, um, sometimes that's just seeing something you can't really control like what's going to re-inspire you, but it's, yeah, something as simple as just like seeing a movie um, or just taking a walk or hearing a cool podcast or, you know, something will just kind of trigger like a new emotion within you and you just got to kind of be open for it and just wait. Yeah. Sometimes it's just experiencing life, you know, like having a beer with a friend, you know, and like hearing what they're doing or like, yeah, just going on a walk by yourself, like whatever it is, like the, the, sometimes that doing that and like taking yourself away from what you feel like you're failing at can sometimes like get you back into the zone, you know, like if you're just like hitting, hitting your head over the, over and over again on the keyboard or on the computer screen and you're just like, can't get what you want to get out, you know, sometimes it's just getting away from it is what it takes to, to bring you back into a positive space. Cause yeah, you know, I think it's really hard to work in a negative space. Yeah. Can I tell you my like my worst nightmare? Yeah, please. <laughs> when I'm like the lowest, lowest, lowest point that I can be, it's when I start fearing that I'm that person on American Idol that comes to audition that's just like a mm-hmm. really bad singer, but they're just they're convinced that they're good and then everyone just laughs at them. That's usually <laughs> like the lowest point that I feel is when I'm worried that I'm the filmmaker version of that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. I, I kind of <laughs> feel like that sometimes. Like at, at film festivals, when I'm talking about my project, I sometimes feel like I'm that that filmmaker, you know. Oh, here's the Mr. Science Fiction guy like with his crazy ideas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's, let's give him a hand. He definitely needs it, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I don't know. I think you just, it, as, as long as I, I don't know, it's like as long as I love what I'm doing and I love the, this, the kinds of things that I'm working on and the kind of, of movies, um, I think I'll still be okay with it, you know. I know there's tons of people like me who love the same kinds of things that I love. So yeah, I just remember those people and like those, you know, the geeky, the geeky kid I was when I first saw, you know, Terminator or Alien or whatever, yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. Well, I, and <laughs> the point is that 
not every person's going to be your audience, especially if you're making like genre films. And I think part of the reason I get discouraged is because I'm like in a the commercial industry where I'm being judged on a certain like criteria that probably a lot of audiences don't have. So I think you just have to find your audience and the people that appreciate your film. And I, th- I think that'll help kind of increase your confidence in what you're doing. Uh, yeah. My friend Jose, who I think probably listens to this podcast, he made a feature film for $10,000 and put it out online. And he he really thought that he knew that there was an audience for it. And he found it. I mean, he has 50,000 I think it's actually close to like 52,000 views on a feature film that's just sitting on YouTube. And as far as I know, not like a whole bunch of promotion behind it. So that actually is really inspiring to me that that he has this movie out there that he made for very little money that I know a lot of his friends told him he was crazy for doing. And now he has an audience for it. So there is an audience for every yeah. film. So keep the hope alive. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, man. 50,000 hits on a YouTube movie. That's absolutely amazing. You know? I love that's that's great. I love to hear that kind of story because it's hope it's hope for all of us. You know, it's hope that we can find our audience for our movies. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that was my uh, film tip of the week. My tip is just stay inspired, <laughs> however you can. You know. <laughs> yeah, and just know, just because you're not inspired doesn't mean that you're a failure. That there's going to be times when you're not feeling you're not feeling it, and the the whole thing about working on it a little bit every day like came from Stephen King and his book on writing I think you talked about that book too it's like so good that's a great book that's one of his tips is like make a time for yourself to write the same time every day day in and day out so that way um, your inspiration knows where to find you and when to find you and some days it's not going to hit you but some days it will and you just got to keep going through it yeah I think as long as you know you just don't give up you keep on writing you keep on going and you know, you work through the down down spots and, you know, enjoy the, the up the up positive points. I think, you know, you'll be all right, right? You just yeah. keep on keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh jump over to iTunes and give us a like and a comment. I think I there's one comment on there for me. I, I plugged my own podcast. So <laughs> Go on oh, over really? there. Oh, awesome. Yeah, you should do the same. Um, you can follow me at Timothy Plain on Twitter and also the podcast at MMIH Podcast on Twitter. You can find me at Ulrich B on Twitter and uh, yeah, on Facebook, Ulrich Brussel. And yeah, I mean, you could just check out Strange Thing if you want to see the movie I made. I'm going to keep on plugging that. I know. It's, uh, it's out there. You with the plugs. <laughs> That's what makes you know, a man. much better filmmaker than me because you're good at selling your stuff. I am so bad at selling my stuff. I'm like ashamed. No, I'm like, you're good. I like have my head between my hands and I'm like, yeah, if you want to go see it, there's a trailer for Spirit Machine <laughs> online, but it's not that good. Like, I don't, I don't recommend you go find it, but yeah, if you want to. Like, I, so. I like the trailer. The trailer's awesome. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Watch Timothy's trailer. <laughs> Watch my trailer at spindryproductions.com. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right. See you later.